Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with part one of this message entitled, Eternal Security. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 5. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray, Heavenly Father, we believe what your scripture declares that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We believe what the scripture declares that man sinned. There has been a fall and the entire creation fell when Adam sinned. As a result death entered into this world. We also believe and declare what the Bible says that God redeems sinners. God himself has taken the initiative to save sinners through the death of his own son Jesus Christ our Lord. And we pray that you speak your word to your servants. We do hear it. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Eternal security. And that's the subject. Eternal security. Full assurance of our ultimate salvation. The question is, when death comes, how can you be sure that you go to God's presence and that you will be raised up with a glorious body to dwell with God forever? How can you be sure that God will not pour out his wrath on you on the day of judgment. Or let me put it this way. Is it possible for us to face death with complete assurance of our final salvation? And our text, Romans 5, 9, and 10 answers this question. Romans 5, 1 through 11 speaks of God the Father's love for us. A love that guarantees not only our present salvation, but our future final salvation that is our glorification. As you know, salvation has three tenses. The word sozo is used in three tenses. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. They speak of justification, sanctification, and glorification. 
They deal with the penalty of sin and the power of indwelling sin and the presence of sin. In justification, the penalty of sin has been dealt with once and for all. In our present life, that is in sanctifications, the power of sin is dealt with. We are free to overcome sin. You can say no to sin. And yes, to Jesus Christ. And in our glorification, the very presence of sin from our life will be removed. That's what glory means. Let me tell you, God has planned from all eternity, not a partial, but a complete salvation. The Bible says God has loved us with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. How long does that last, sir? Forever and ever and ever. God has loved us from all eternity with an everlasting love to achieve for us an everlasting salvation. Isaiah 45, verse 7. God has accomplished for us, Hebrews 9 and 12, eternal redemption. And Acts 13, 48 says, God appointed his people to eternal life. And in Romans 6, Verse 23 says, the wages of sin is death. That is eternal death. But the gift of God is eternal life in or through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Isaiah 35 verse 10 says, this eternal life is for our eternal joy. Eternal joy. That's why the mark of a Christian is joy. Therefore, Christians rejoice always, even in tribulations. Therefore, true Christians enjoy, what is it? Eternal security. Eternal security of their ultimate salvation. There is no contingency. And Paul presents logical arguments for this eternal security in Romans 5, 9 and 10. Take a look at it. These two verses, according to Martin Lloyd-Jones, present the most Powerful argument with respect to our assurance of salvation. Friends, it is very spiritual to use reasoning powers of our renewed mind. It is extremely sinful 
not to think logically. It is difficult to live with an emotional person who do not think logically. Only a logical Christian can enjoy full assurance of his final salvation guaranteed by God. And if you are not a thinking person, if you don't like to read and study, you will be an emotional person. You will go up and down. And you will be a miserable husband for your wife and you will be a miserable wife for your husband. Because you thrive in stupidity and emotionalism. You think the final argument is weeping. I say it is not the final argument. Final argument is always what God has spoken in his word. So point number one. The logic. Logic. That is the argument that St. Paul is presenting in this passage. There are two types of arguments that we face in the Bible. One is from minor to major. The other is from major to minor. Now let me give you an example of minor to major. Jesus uses this type of argument in Matthew 6, verse 26. And he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet our heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? In other words, if God is taking care of birds... Then logically, necessarily, certainly, he will take care of you. Yes. If God takes care of the lilies of the field, logic tells us that he will surely take care of his people. It's absolutely certain. Yes. Therefore, put away your worry and anxiety. Or Matthew 7 verse 11. If you then though you are evil. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven. Give good gifts to those who ask him. Arguments from minor to major. And then. There is the argument from major to minor. We find four of them. In Romans 5. Romans 5.9, for Romans 5.10, Romans 5.15, and Romans 5.17. This how much more argument. A fortiori argument. So here it is, verse 9. Since we, since we have now been justified by his blood. How much more? How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? Listen, friends, listen. Exercise your mind, massage it. What is he saying? God has accomplished the most difficult thing already. 
at the highest possible cost to the Father. He accomplished the most difficult thing for the benefit of the most undeserving people. Helpless, ungodly sinners who did nothing to merit salvation, did everything to merit eternal wrath, who are enemies of God. So it is absolutely certain he will also accomplish the less difficult work of our final salvation. He will surely give us the final installment of our salvation. You understanding something? Verse 10. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? So what is it? Yeah, this, uh, this is the argument from major to minor. What is the major issue? Justification. What is the major issue? Reconciliation of enemies to God. So the argument if justification and reconciliation have been achieved by God through the death of his son, that is the highest price paid for the benefit of his enemies. How much more God will complete our salvation by giving us sinless, glorious bodies by the life of his son. Now we are no longer God's enemies, but his friends. Powerful argument with which you can die. So let us look at it again. If the more difficult thing is already accomplished, the less difficult thing will be accomplished more readily. Count on it! It is logical necessity. This is absolutely certain. Your resurrection, friends, is guaranteed. You can bank on this logic now. And in the hour of your death. If God has already done the difficult thing, can we not trust him to do the easy thing of putting the finishing touches on our salvation? If you bought a million dollar house, you are able to decorate it with some nice curtains. If you buy a Gulf Stream, you should be able to put fuel in it. If he justified and reconciled God's enemies, he will certainly glorify his friends. If the greatest benefit has been bestowed, the less will not be withheld. 
Friends, Holy Spirit is logical. It is the devil who is not logical. Now, I don't know how to live without logic. I have people who come here and, and affirm this is the way they are going to live and they walk out and then just forget about all things. I cannot understand it. They come and get married and they say we will do this and that and they just walk away. How can you do it? Western man has become an existentialist, an irrationalist, a feeling-centered human being. If Holy Spirit is logical, let us be logical. Let us enjoy eternal security with regard to our final salvation from this passage. The death of God's Son secured our justification and reconciliation. So life of His Son will give us all things. Paul says in Romans 8, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things with that is glorification. Paul understands our concerns. We wonder, can we be sure that we will not be lost finally? We are still living in an evil world. Besides, sin still dwells in us. We are weak and we are fallible. And we know there is no sinless perfection possible in this life. So the question is, is it possible? Can God, can God instead of glorifying us on the last day, will he pour out his wrath on us? Paul assures us in this passage, no, no, no. How can he? He has already justified us. And he has already reconciled us on the only sure basis of the death of his son. He has done the most difficult thing for us, his enemies, at the cost of his son's death. Now we are his friends. He will save fully by the resurrection life of his son. Friends, we are eternally secure. We are fully assured. So let's apply this logic to two things. Justification, verse 9, and reconciliation, verse 10. Justification. God has already justified us. Us who were Helpless, ungodly sinners. We merited his wrath, yet God pronounced us righteous justly. Because his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the sinless God-man died in our place to satisfy God's law, God's justice. I'm going to say this and listen carefully if you want security and assurance for the rest of your life and especially in the hour of your death. In Jesus Christ, we kept every law of God perfectly. And in Jesus Christ, we suffered for every inf infraction of his law. 
So we are not under sin. We are not under law. We are under grace. We are in Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven, sir. All of it. All of it. We are clothed with the divine righteousness. And we are already in God's presence. And we enjoy peace with God. Justification is a present possession of each child of God. It is achieved by the blood of Christ. His sacrifice for our sins. This justification is the act of the supreme court of heaven. And you cannot pack the court. It is the act of God the Father. Romans 8 and verse 33. Look at it. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? A challenge he sent out to the whole cosmos. Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? God's elect. And the answer, no one. Because Paul said, it is God who justifies. There's no appeal. Friends, justification is the opposite of condemnation. For us, friends, therefore, there is now no condemnation because we are in Christ Jesus. And we are in Christ by faith. God has justified the ungodly on the basis of nothing good in me, but everything good in Jesus Christ. God justified the ungodly. Not on the basis of our works. Not on the basis of regeneration. Not on the basis of faith. Not on the basis of sanctification. Not on the basis of new obedience. Not even on the basis of work of Christ in us. Ah, Think about it, sir. You have to stretch your imagination a little bit too. Suck some nutrients from that statement. But on the basis of what God has done in and through Jesus Christ, God's Son on the cross. God, who by no means cleared the guilty, cleared us, justified us. On the basis of the objective shed blood of his son. No other basis. Your righteousness doesn't enter into it. And John Murray was right when he died. He prayed before he died. Lord have mercy upon me a sinner. By his son's shed blood, God's wrath against us has been propitiated. All wrath 
is gone forever. No more wrath remains to be poured out on us on the last day. Let's say praise the Lord. I know we are Presbyterians, but once in a while, it's all right. Let the devil accuse us. Let our enemies accuse us. Let our own conscience accuse us. No matter, we are saved forever. We are eternally secure, sir. The logic of justification. Now let's look at the logic of reconciliation, verse 10. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? God has also done the most difficult task of reconciling us to himself. And when did he do that? He reconciled us when we were enemies. We waged war against our maker, our God. As an atheist, we said there is no God. Atheism is on the rise, if you don't know. Not in the Eastern world, but the Western world. We're proud of it, sir. Waging war against God Almighty. We were trying all our life to kill God. We were his own enemies. And not only that, God Almighty was our enemy. You have to be illogical to wage war against God Almighty. But foolish people do it all the time. Maybe some are here listening to me. Yet God brought out objective reconciliation for his enemies on the cross by the death of his son. He has accomplished the most difficult task. And he offered us the gift of reconciliation. Who justified us? Say, God the Father. Who reconciled us? God the Father. Let me prove it to you. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. All this is from God. That is God the Father. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation? That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting men's sins against them. And, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Listen to this, friends. The offended party. Who is the offended party? God. Removes the offense from the offending party. This is unusual. It is the offending party who must go to the offended party and remove the cause of enmity. 
But here, no man can remove the cause of enmity, only God can. So God Almighty, our enemy, moved by his own everlasting love, reconciled us, his own enemies, his own enemies to himself by removing the cause of the enmity, our sin, our guilt, our condemnation, and our eternal death. And he did so in the death of his son. And we are no longer his enemies. Well, that is putting it negatively, but let me put it positively. We are God's friends. More than that, we are God's children. More than that, Romans 1 verse 7, we are beloved of God and we are his saints. And if God accomplished the most difficult task of reconciliation while we were enemies, certainly now, because in view that we are friends, we are God's children, we are God's beloved, we are God's saints, he certainly will complete our salvation. What is the conclusion? Security, assurance, full assurance. And when you study Verse 9 and 10 of Romans 5, there are five verbs. Passive verbs. Having been justified, having been reconciled, having been reconciled, we will be saved, we will be saved. Five passive verbs. Well, it's good to learn grammar, sir. Well, it means the actor is not us. God is the actor. He does the work. He justifies. He reconciles. And he will save us in the future. And who receives the action? God's elect. We received justification and reconciliation by faith. We receive justification, we don't perform it. A lot of churches that teach we have to perform justification. We are reconciled. We receive reconciliation, we don't perform reconciliation. So we will be saved from God's wrath on the last day because we are already justified and reconciled. Let me ask you, friends, a question. Who can separate us from God's wrath? Listen carefully. Who can separate us from God's wrath? Only God. That's right. And he did. Wrath is gone. We are separated. The wrath of God in John 3.36, every unbeliever, the wrath of God is abiding upon him, and it was my story, but the wrath has been removed forever. That crushing iron girder of wrath was upon me, but God himself removed the wrath. Who can separate us from God's wrath? God alone, and he did. 
friends, our past justification and reconciliation guarantee our enjoyment of the final installment of our salvation. Listen to this. For those God foreknew, means what? For loved, loved from all eternity. That's what that word foreknew means. Romans 8, 29 and 30, for those God foreknew, those he also just predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. And verse 30, and those he predestined, he also what? Called. Those he called. Just, those he justified. Glorified. Specific number of people God the Father loved from all eternity. And in time, he called them effectually and justified them. And Paul says they are also already glorified. <laughs> There's no doubt, sir. It's full assurance. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord. Friends, are you convinced of your eternal security? You cannot find it in your money, in your health, in your wife, in your children. They all disappear and you have to die. As you came from the mother's womb, you have to get out. And they'll put you in a warehouse somewhere and nobody's going to come and visit you. You have become useless to them. And your money is gone. But if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, sir, don't worry about anything. If God is for us, who can be against us? God foreknew me. God predestinated me. God called me. God justified me. God reconciled me. And God will glorify me. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's why it says, not only so, we rejoice in God. Yes. If you are a Christian, sir, you rejoice in God. Yes. Because everything else is changing. Everything is changing. Flux. Yes. The Greek philosopher said, there is only one thing you can count on. What is it? change. You cannot step into the same river twice. Everything is changing. You are changing right now. You are changing right now. But God doesn't change. He has promised and he fulfills. He is almighty. He is infinite. He doesn't change. He cannot lie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, you are going to the doctor one of these days and they are going to tell you a few things. And he would say, I want to be honest with you. <laughs> I wish they don't tell me honest things. Just leave me alone. And he'd say, I want to be honest with you. You have two more months left. And if you are a Christian, you'll be a little shaken, but you'll come back together and say, I rejoice in God. Because he doesn't change. In fact, I'm going to him who came to me. And he will glorify me. Friends, don't rejoice in anything. 
learn to rejoice in God. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to pay attention to this argument. You have done the most difficult thing at the high cost of the death of your son. You have justified us and reconciled us, your enemies, by the death of your son. If this is so, you will be able to do the less difficult thing. Help us to be fully assured of our final salvation and go out from here walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part one of this message entitled Eternal Security. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.